This episode is brought to you by our top patrons, by that dirty little bear of a man, BJ DeBlow. He would have started his own podcast, but he was too chicken shit. And if you like the Open Micers podcast, but think Jay is too handsome, then check out the Jester's Court, hosted by Jason's fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn, found wherever podcasts are given away for free. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Miss Jennifer Evelyn. If you want to encourage middle-aged fat people to start another podcast that no one asked for, then go check out the Innsmouth Rag, found wherever podcasts are given away for free. And we have to give a great big shout out to our patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond and Miss Kathy Gutierrez Figueroa. Thank you so much for supporting us. And if you want to be as cool as them, go over to www.openmicros.com. Let's start the episode. It is time for the Open Micros Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm so yoked that I changed my stage name to Huevos Rancheros. <laughs> and my name is Jacob Craig. And yes, we are recording right now with our guest who left us a voice message on one of our episodes. And he said, hey, I'm a comic and I'm from New York City and I really like your podcast. And I'd really like to be on your podcast. New York and City. New York rope. City. <laughs> and that's a deep cut. That's a deep, deep cut. cut. <laughs> Believe it or not, guys, that. that's all it takes to get on Open Micro's podcast is to just uh, just ask us to come on. And that's how Brett Singer got here. Thanks so much for coming on our podcast, sir. No problem. Thanks for having me. So you are a, a comic and an actor, a writer, a musician, all that good stuff. Uh, how long have you been doing comedy for? I have been doing comedy for three and a half years. Whoa, that's longer than I've been alive. Um, <laughs> see, I look at your tagline here on your uh, website, and it says, Brett Singer, comedian, writer, actor, musician. I'm like, this motherfucker's coming after my shit now. Because that's what mine says. That was my goal. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he wants to be you, but better looking and better at comedy. Yeah. Well, that's not hard to do. <laughs> so you've um, so you're you're a comic. What what's three and a half years ago? What what does, made you decide to transition into comedy? Because you have a quite a prolific writing and, and acting background, if I may. Yeah, say. Yeah, no, I've done a few things. Um, I was in a bit of a transition. I wasn't doing a whole lot. All the freelance writing I used to do had dried up. Um, I had a knack for writing for places and then they just disappeared. Like I wrote for a That's website nice. called Babbel. They disappeared. I wrote for AOL. They got bought by, I, I want to say Verizon. I'm honestly not sure. Um, it's, it, 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 it then became Huff, it then got absorbed into Huffington Post and it was a whole thing. But um, I, was, I, was, I was at a bit of a low point, to be honest. And a friend of mine said, let's take a stand-up class. And it was something that I had always had an interest in. And what I realized when I went through my notebooks, because I always had notebooks, is I used to write jokes. You know, there's very few of them that are still in my act from, from when I first did it. But, there, but I had jokes. So I was, always, I was already thinking like a comedian. Um, so what happened is I got into the class and they were like, all right, let's put together five minutes. 
that actually wasn't as hard for me as I thought it might have been. Um, I, I, one thing that I was always very big on was having jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't just get up there and just kind of talk extemporaneously. I, I like to have material. And so, and I did. And so once I did the five minutes, then, you know, after that, it took about six months before I, started, I found some open mics where I felt, I felt like I was a part of the community. Um, and then once I did, it was open mics every day, you know, shows as often as I could get them. And now that's really what, I, that's pretty much all I do. Wow. <laughs> that's a pretty, uh, not long, you know, three and a half years. That's a pretty quick rise to being able to do it full time. Well, I'm not making a living. I, I'm very lucky that I married, I married a woman who is very patient and has a very good job. <laughs> trophy husband, nice. I yeah. dig it. I'm absolutely, I'm so, Participation trophy, as yeah. a joke. But, but yes. Participation trophy husband. That's that's a good tagline for your bio. There you go. Trophy husband. Uh, so three and a half years, and and you've already gotten some work in some pretty big comedy clubs in New York too, huh? Yeah, I've been very lucky. I um, I used to produce a show at Comic Strip Live uh, before the pandemic. Um, I go up at Westside Comedy Club sometimes. Um, I've been at Broadway in Greenwich, uh, you know, every now and then. And, you know, other, and then, you know, it's a hustle. You gotta, right. there's, a, there's a, I mean, I wouldn't even want to begin to count how many bar shows there are and right. you know, alternative venues. And you just, I produce a couple myself, you know, that leads to spots. You have someone on your show, you go, you, you go on their show. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely weeks where I'm out every night. How did the pandemic affect things up that way in New York, especially? I, I'm not going to say it was good, but I can definitely see for me, I met a lot of people in quarantine, um, which is sort of weird because why would you meet more people when you're not leaving your house? Yeah. And I'm not really sure why, but very quickly for those of us who really don't do anything else, um, we had to do online open mics, Yeah, you know? So it was like, okay. Let's get this, you know, let's get this started. So I started one. There, were, there weren't any happening. So I started one every, uh, I think it was twice a week. And then people were hitting me up. And, I, you know, so I'd have 10, 15 people in there. And you just start to meet people. So I made a tremendous amount of contacts. And I, obviously, I mean, I, I would have met these people eventually, I guess. But it sort of accelerated the, the networking, which, which yeah. again, doesn't make any kind of logical sense. There's but, no reason why being inside should help you to meet people. But, but I could see it though. I mean, if you're on zoom, it's a lot easier to, to, to talk to someone, you know, one-on-one right. as opposed to being in, you know, a club or a, a, a bar or whatever, where it's, you know, there's just so much going on and, you know, it's really hard to get that one-on-one yeah. time. Well, where, where are you guys based? Uh, the Gulf coast. Okay. So yeah. what are the, what are open mics like out there? It's uh, it's pretty much just bar shows out here. Yeah. Uh, okay. The the nearest comedy club's two hours away. Oh wow. Okay. Um. So I mean, here open mics range they range in. You know, I don't want to say quality exactly, but they're the vibe can be very different. Yeah. But a lot of them are really like everybody's looking at their phones. No one really wants right. to talk to you. We're all just waiting to get our turn to get up and talk. <laughs> you know, about ourselves. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not a super welcoming environment. Um, really? it's, you know, it's, it's necessary. You got to do that. It makes you strong. You know, you right. got to get your reps in. But 
And there are, there are plenty of mics there. The mic that I host and the mics that I go to at Westside Comedy Club are fantastic. You know, very friendly. Everybody, everybody's very, you know, cheerful and it's all very nice. But, you know, a lot of times it's not the great, it might not be the greatest place to meet people because you're just kind of in and out. You kind of go in, you do your thing. If you don't really know anyone, like I always kind of feel badly for people who come in because I was that guy. When you come in, you don't know anyone and everybody's talking. You know, it's like high school all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, it's like going into the lunchroom and you don't know any, you don't know anybody. So I try to be as friendly as I can be, um, but there's always so much you can do. Um, but yeah, on Zoom, it was like, everybody's just, uh, you know, a talking head. So <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, I, I did a lot of Zoom mics during Zoom mics and, and Zoom shows too during the pandemic. And, and I found that it was actually a, a really good opportunity to meet people that I would never have met uh because i i'm i'm not fortunate enough to be able to travel like overseas to uh, uh the uk or you know i i did a, a zoom comedy festival based in new york and i did uh, a zoom show that was based in boston and tallahassee oh, what, what zoom comedy festival did you do in new york uh the good karma comedy festival oh i did that too yeah that was fun yo that's awesome that's yeah we cool. must not have been on the same night but yeah, that was super fun. I did, I did a couple of shows in London. Yeah. I mean, in London. Right. Making yeah. air quotes. It, look, it looks good on a bio. It was like, sure. I headlined Oof. a show in London. Yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. By, by way of my mom's basement, you know? There you go. <laughs> Just, you know, got to work from home. Uh, you, you've done a little bit of acting, too. You were in a commercial for the Blue Man Group. That was so what? much fun. I were mean, you that's a Blue a Man? Well, I'm sorry. Were you a blue man? I was, which is hilarious because I'm very <laughs> overweight. But um, that's a testament to just going on every audition. Is it was they advertised in backstage. I wasn't a comedian yet, but I got the job because I was so funny. So it was actually a little bit of a precursor because I, I got the job. I did this good. They, they said they wanted someone who was like Kenny from The Office. Okay. And I was and I was like, all right, I guess I can do that. Um, I was about 20 pounds heavier, so that helped. But not that I'm svelte now, but I'm about 20 pounds. I was about 20 pounds heavier. And I just kind of did this funny voice, you know, and they loved it. They thought it was hilarious. And so I was I was improvising. I was reading the top copy they had and I was kind of riffing off of it. And I, I had taken a class with a really great acting teacher named Bill Coleus, who's done about 50 something national commercials. And he's on he's been on a bunch of shows. And there are, there are little tricks that he, that he gives to sort of help you out in the audition. And I use that and, it, you know, I got the part and they, they, they did, they, they put me in a suit jacket. Um, they sprayed me completely blue, you know, and it was, it was actually really fun. I had a great time. Yeah. But you didn't actually yeah, get to play get the... with the blue man, blue man group, did you? None of the, none of the none of none of the pro blue men were there. It was just a bunch of actors, you know, all oh, dolled okay. up. And if you look at the commercial, it's just it's sort of a bunch of short clips. Hmm. You know, I blew myself to become a better man. You know, that <laughs> it's all just sort of playing on the phrase. I blew myself. <laughs> it was That's super awesome. fun. That was one of the more fun acting jobs I've ever had. That's awesome. <laughs> That's good content. Um, yeah, now that I think about it, I you wouldn't be able to recognize any of the blue man group. Like they're No, they're not, wearing bald wigs, right? Yeah. They're you know, they're wearing like skull caps. So they so you know, if they have hair, you can't tell. And I don't see how you'd recognize them. I mean, you could recognize me. 
Right. You know, I had my glasses on. I mean, I basically look like me except blue. But no, those guys, those guys are all the same size. They cast them. They have to be, I forget what it is. I remember I saw the casting notice once. It's like they have to be between 5'10 and 6'2. You know, they have to weigh, there's a certain weight. There's very specific requirements for the blue man. Hey, I could be a blue man. And I was I'm just going to ask if you've I'm ever a been a blue man. Yeah, you are a drummer. Yeah. You should apply. You could be a blue man. It's a good job. I bet if you Google you? blue man auditions, they're, they're out there. Yeah. How I good are you at that. eating paint? Can you, <laughs> paint? Can you spit paint? I did it a lot when I was a kid, but not so much now. <laughs> Jason probably huffs paint. Jason, do you huff enough paint to be a blue man? Yeah, I'm sure I do. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Um, I saw in your bio, too, that you also describe yourself as a parenting expert. Well, I was technically a professional parenting expert. I, when I, when I wrote for Babbel and then also for AOL. Um, I wrote for well, Babbel was a parenting website. Um, okay. And AOL had a parenting site called Parent Dish. And so I wrote for them. And I got on TV a lot as a parenting expert. So it would be one of those situations where, like, the first time I did it, there was, remember the movie Kick-Ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the movie Kick-Ass had a kid in it. So yeah. it was like, don't take your kids to see this movie, you know, even though it has a kid in it. And they, they sort of, it was like cable news, you know, outrage machine bullshit. You know, it was, it was like, oh, okay, you know, there's a, uh, there's a kid in the movie, but, you know, don't take your kids to see it. They're going to trick your kids into seeing an R-rated movie and blah, 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 blah. Ah. You know, and I got on and I was like, the R-rated movie is the parental warning, okay? You don't take your kids <laughs> to an R-rated movie. I was also the only person who had seen the movie. That was, that was, you know, I was very pleased about that. But um, so, yeah, I was like the talking head. I was the guy who came in and represented parenting for that, you know, two minute segment or whatever it was. And so what qualifies somebody to be a parenting expert? Not a damn thing. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that's when you see someone on the news, I mean, presumably when somebody does like one of their political things. You know, yeah. the people who are on all the time, um, the like, you know, people who are on all the time on CNN or whatever, like, you know, presumably they have some qualifications. Right. But one of the things I found was you don't need any qualifications. I did five, I did five minutes on, you know, on, on Fox News with Megyn Kelly, and they just nice. want somebody to come in and debate the issue with Megyn Kelly. They don't care where they come from. And what's interesting is they didn't vet me. You would, I would have thought that they would have wanted to see. They just took my word for it. I mean, I can't, yeah. that one I got through AOL. So, I mean, I guess they're just sort of taking, taking word for it. I was very green when I did that. You know, so it was, I was definitely like, eh, okay. You know, that was a tough one. That was not easy, but it was super fun. I would do that again in a minute. Yeah, I would love to be able to just argue with Megan Kelly. It was so fun. <laughs> Maybe we should start, uh, calling ourselves random experts of shit and see if we, we can really get on should. like Fox news. You could be a comedy expert. There's nothing stopping you. You do. You are a comedian. Yeah. Therefore, if your local news is looking for a comedy expert, you're a comedy expert. I I've been on the local news as a comedian, <laughs> you know, no, no, there you go. Then you did even better. That's a TV credit. Yeah. I'm already lying to enough people to try to get them to come on this podcast. Like I could just, <laughs> that's, lie good about that's good. That's good for everything. I should just be a, I should be a fitness expert. <laughs> See, when you want to be a I fitness identify. expert, are you in shape though? No, 
Yes, that's a tricky one. <laughs> but I you would need some it. powerful, powerful, you know, BS to I be wanna, able to I pull could be that a snack off. expert. Uh, but I identify as yoke, so I'm pretty sure <laughs> I could just be like, oh, okay. I identify well, as yoke. So therefore, I should give you weight loss tips. And also buy our yoked merch, www.tpublic.com. See, now I need to go make a new podcast. sticker that says I identify as yoked. Eh, we already have yoked merch, you know what I mean? We don't, we don't, we don't want to oversaturate the yoked market with too much, <laughs> um, you know. That, it won't rise. It won't rise if it's too much yoke. Um, I, I want to talk about your punk band. Your ah. Jewish punk band. Yes, I like to hear this. Menorah. Tell me everything. Tell me um, everything about this it, band. It's okay. I, I will let you in on a little secret. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, that's not entirely fair. The first recording, Hanukkah, was done with my friend Jim, and he engineered it and, and, you, and set Wait up the drum machine. It's called Hanukkah? Hanukkah. That's awesome. It's fucking dope, dude. It's played every year on Soma FM. One of my one of my great sort of mini accomplishments is they play. Usually they play. Well, I shouldn't say that. They they. I think Oh Hanukkah Bush is the big is the most popular one. Um, but the but they play they play the dreidel song. They play they play them all. And it was just I was in a band called the Warmongers when I was in high school. Uh, we did, we played CBGB's once, so that was exciting. Wow. wow. Um, we had uh, songs that are so offensive, I can't sing them anymore. <laughs> um, one of the titles was Everybody Sucks. That was our oh, big yeah. hit. Uh, but there were a lot of things that I just can't say anymore, things that, you, things that you could say in the 80s that are no longer, you know, okay. But I, that's the kind of music I, I grew up listening to. That's even still the kind of music I often listen to. I was listening to The Replacements today. And I had an idea. I was like, okay, well, what if I made like a Jewish version? What if I had my, my character in the band, the, the Warmongers, was called Bozo Foreskin. <laughs> I was like, what if Bozo Foreskin grew up and started to explore his Jewish roots? You know? So that's what Electric Minority is. Um, I've, I'm working on a new song called Jews with Kazoos. Kind of a Rage Against the Machine style parody. Um, you know, so I, I did every now and then I did, I did, I released a video for let my people go last year. That was a quarantine, a fun quarantine thing. Um, we did pass a core. So it was my pass was the Passover songs. So That's it's awesome. fun. You know, it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, very DIY. Yeah. See, that's cool. Cause I grew up in the, the early nineties punk scene and that's where I yeah. kind of so what, my... what bands, what, what bands would that be? Uh, uh, at the time, well, I mean, of course, I I listened to the '80s stuff at the time, like Dead Kennedys and Black Flag. Yeah. But in the early '90s, I was into things like uh, uh, the first album of uh, let's see, um, God, I can't think of anything now. <laughs> I listened to a lot of bands nobody's heard of, like Whirly Bird, uh, All You Can Eat. Um, there were bands like uh, Rancid, of course. Like, uh, sure. Their, their first Sometimes album. those are the best. I have a cassette of a Hawaiian hardcore band called Something Really Offensive that were awesome. They were, they were great. Nobody knows who they are. Yeah. yeah. But they somehow put out a cassette, and so therefore it found its way. My uncle, who's really cool, got it for me. And, you know. Well, here on, so the, I have it. on the coast, we had this place called The Little House. 
And it's where all the, the touring punk bands in the country would, would come there and play. Cause it was like, it was nationwide that this place was known. So all the punk bands would come through there and that's and it, it, like, uh, less than Jake played there, um, Fuck before yeah. they, they got signed. Like it was just a place. It was the place for punk bands to play. This was, I was awesome. saying like, there's so many bands that I listened to that nobody would ever know or even have heard of that, you know, from the early nineties. Like, I love this band called the stress magnets. <laughs> like they're, they're pretty awesome. You can look them up on YouTube, yeah. I think. Yeah, my my favorite thing to do is to just go like surfing on Spotify to try to find like new to me, but like really old, like obscure, like punk rock bands and music and shit like that. Yeah, but Jacob thinks punk rock is like Blink One Eighty Two. No, that's pop punk. <laughs> but that's the shit that I like. I like pop punk. I, I love like me some Fall Out Boy. But... I gotta be honest. Yeah. I went through a long Fallout Boy phase, and they I, I can't listen. The, the new stuff is is I don't get at all. But yeah. well, Jacob, you, know, you gotta their go first back. Three four albums are fantastic. You gotta go back to the nineties with bands like Screeching Weasel, things like that. Go check those bands out. Never, uh, never heard of Screeching Weasel, but dude, I yeah, you know me. I, I fuck with Social Distortion, the Voodoo I Glow fuck- Skulls, things like that. Not them. I've never heard of that. I fuck with the Misfits. I, I fuck with um, Sponge. You fucking love Sponge. Sponge is dude. not a uh, punk band. What are you talking about? No, they're grunge. That's close enough. <laughs> no, right? grunge is not the same thing. It's close. Mud Honey is not punk. Yeah, Mud Honey not is Not Mud like, Honey, but... Is like sludge rock. Well, look, you're. I'll admit that you're the authority on punk rock, Jason, but for pop punk, dude like come on man you well if you're gonna go pop it. punk you just just go back to the beginning with green day you know go back to no, the plunk 1039 smoothed out slappy hours yellow card less than jay <laughs> yeah. that's a little Brand too poppy new. for my taste my pop punk is pretty much all fallout boy i love me some fallout boy although i have i have since sort of lately i've, I've been like appreciating like was it was some 41 there was something that i heard yeah. recently and i was like oh they're pretty good some 41's good. Uh, yeah, I like the obs- good. like the more obscure bands like Brand New. Brand New fucking slaps. Local H fucking slaps. Like Reliant K, they were a pop punk Christian band that fucking slaps. <laughs> oh, that what was the pop punk Christian band? There my kids um song was called Monster. And I didn't I well, my my oldest was really into it at uh Skillet. Skillet. And I didn't oh know they were a Christian God. band. And I was, and you know, we're Jews. So I was a little <laughs> bit on the fence. I was like, do I really want him listening to this? Get that out of my house. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's like, gee, this is about Jesus. It doesn't sound like it's about Jesus, but it's somewhere it's about Jesus. Yeah. Well, Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So was Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Oh, Gilbert. I've been, Gilbert. Have you been binge? I've been all over the, the YouTube it's very hard to find him just doing stand-up. Yeah, There's not a lot yeah. of that, which I find really interesting. I hope if somebody is sitting, if somebody out there is sitting on video of Gilbert doing stand-up, like a full set of Caroline's or something, please release it. Oh, there's got to be. Because it's criminal that it's not out there. There's got to be thousands of hours of footage of him doing stand-up somewhere. There's got to be, but he, he, I mean, he's not on, like, I, you go on Spotify and there's a few tracks but he doesn't have a yeah. comedy album. Well, he's only ever released one hour special. He has one hour special. Is that somewhere. Dirty Jokes? 
I think so. Uh, but, but that I was know like a you... DVD that he sold on his website. <clears throat> yeah. Like it's but not anymore really... on demand. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I look for it because I always meant to, I always meant to watch it. I mean, my DVD player isn't even hooked up. Yeah. But you see, know, I, I mean, hopefully him, the family yeah. will maybe make but, some stuff available. I, I just remember like in the late eighties, early nineties, like just seeing him all the time on things like Caroline's comedy hour, you know, evening at the improv. Well, like, Oh, well, um, on Netflix, the, it's not a full set, but if you watch bumping mics on yeah, Netflix, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which is Dave Attell and Jeff Ross, there's a whole seg- uh, segment of Gilbert Gottfried going on stage and doing a set and they, and they show Gilbert doing his set. It talks about something about like getting a boner at his grandma's funeral. It was great. <laughs> Like it was great. Oh no, I he, I just listened to his her his Herman Melville bit, which is yeah. you know. So Herman said to me, <laughs> "What should I do with my book?" I said, "Add a whale." It's so yeah. fucking good. I mean, it's just every everything is just better than the next. Oh my god, I don't, I don't know if you're a Howard Stern fan, but hearing him on Howard would yeah. hit. He used to, he used to be on Howard. He he'd been on Howard over a hundred times. He yeah, was on there constantly. Yeah. He did a he did a dice a dice clay impression. It's I one saw of the that. Funniest things you'll ever that. see. Oh my yeah. god, it's so brilliant. Oh, what did he say at the roast of Bob Saget? He was like, "So I googled Bob Saget, and Google said why." He was he was the first comic to ever make a nine eleven joke. Ever. Yeah, it's he a good got joke. In trouble for that shit too. Unlike his tsunami jokes, the 9/11 joke is a good joke. Yeah, it's just all of it. Like that's Gilbert's brand. Like if you can't have him be the Affleck duck, if you're gonna fire him over a tweet, like <laughs> you knew what you were signing up for. Yeah. Like you knew he was gonna make fun of like really bad shit. Like that's just who he was. And I'm here for it. I I loved Gilbert Gottfried. I I had a I tried to get him on the podcast and he said no. So he's he's probably in hell now. <laughs> probably not Did you actually get an answer like you actually got to him yeah well not i don't think it was him i i think it was his i need to go back through and see if i still have the email but I'm, uh, his representation declined i think i don't think it went to, to him but um yeah because because he was so cheap that i wouldn't right. be like i wonder if he like he must have had an agent but it also wouldn't shock me if he didn't yeah you know because because he's really that he was that kind of cheap Oh yeah. I, um, one of my Facebook comic friends who I've never met, obviously every comic has like a thousand comic friends they've never met on Facebook, uh, posted about at the time he opened for Gilbert Gottfried at a movie theater and Gilbert asked the owner of the movie theater what they did with the popcorn at the end of the day. And he said, we just throw them out. And he asked if he could have it. (laughs) The owner gave him three trash bags of popcorn and he just took it out to his car and took it back to his hotel room (laughs) (laughs) like yeah fantastic i I highly recommend watching um the documentary gilbert on hulu if you've never seen it yeah oh it's on hulu okay good i was wondering because i i always meant to watch it i never got around to it but now of course you know yeah yeah now uh if you've never seen the the documentary the aristocrats uh, it's on. I've seen uh, his. Joe, I've seen his version of the Aristocrats. I've never seen the documentary. Yeah, it's uh, that's yeah. on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, so many good... streaming services. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just get Hulu with all the add-ons. That's that's what I. Well, that's what my girlfriend has. I bum off of it. <laughs> yeah, but... I was gonna say you don't have it. 
I know yeah, you don't what, have it. You're just bumming because you're. Bum. Yeah, that's what my girlfriend's mom pays for. Is who we with all the add-ons. <laughs> I recommend that. There um, you go. Um, yeah, I've got too many. I I don't know. I, I just I just got around to hacks on. Speaking of a comedy show, you know that was on. That's on HBO Max. Um, okay. I use them though. Is the thing is I kind of go through between the with the four people in my house. You know, they really do get used. Right. Um, every time I'm ready to give up Disney Plus, they, they release a new show that I feel like I have to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, HBO Max has a ton of stuff. HBO Max has all, uh, you know, I have my podcast, Comics Who Love Comic Books, and the HBO Max has a ton of stuff. Like, I, 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 I will probably do an episode that's just all the Batman that's available. Yeah. If you just yeah. punch in Batman on HBO Max, you get you know, 50 movies. So, you know, it's like movies and cartoons. And I all just kinds of- started watching the new Harley Quinn animated series a couple of weeks ago. It's so good. It's better than it deserves to be. Like, <laughs> it's so good. That's all I can say. It's just, it's yeah, great. I haven't seen it. Yeah, if you don't know, me and Jason are definitely comics who like comic books. Yeah. Oh, then be on the comic podcast. We should be- Absolutely. Yes. We would yeah, yeah, we'll do you. that. I, I'm kind of the Batman authority on the Gulf Coast. I, I've, I've done five or so podcasts where I was a Batman expert. See, well, so there you, like, see, that's something else you could be an expert in. Yeah, you I'll be, be the Batman, Batman expert. expert. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Batman, be. when they, when they release the new Batman movie, get yeah. in touch with your local news station and you could be Batman expert, <laughs> Jacob Craig. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll go and I'll half trash it and half praise it because I still don't know how I feel about that fucking movie. Well, like, those I, will be the new ones, so you can you can be right. ambivalent about the about the one, whatever's coming up next. Well, it's going to be on HBO Max in like two weeks, so I finally get to see it. I need to watch it again, dude. It was uh, like I loved it after the theater, and then the next day I thought about it, and I thought about how many plot holes were in the movie, and I was like, this is kind "It's of a imperfect." Dumb fucking movie. Well, there it's is... definitely imperfect. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I think, and I, I'm not saying the box office is the only measure, but I think you compare that to the Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man movie right. made twice as much money. And right. I think the Spider-Man movie was just more enjoyable for people. Yeah. Well, I think I people got more excited about it. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but uh, Discovery Plus or Discovery uh, bought Warner Brothers and they did a huge shakeup over at uh, um, the Warner Brothers department of uh, HBO. So HBO Max and and Discovery Plus are merging now. So when Discovery took over, they just like cleaned house in the Warner Brothers like DC department. And from what I hear, or the rumors are that um, they really want to do Ben Affleck's Batman movie because what? It, it was supposed to be really like the script was great Why? and they just never made it. Wasn't it wasn't it this guy who was the guy who directed the Pattinson movie was supposed to direct it? think yeah. so yeah oh, you can't do that that's ridiculous <laughs> i don't i mean Which, they got rid of everybody executives are so weird you just had a big success with the pattinson everybody likes it you know give me a break <laughs> yeah and it's now's not the best time to do that like like ezra miller just got arrested so we're probably not going to see michael keaton batman after all and we're probably not going to see Ben Affleck Batman ever again if I was a gambling man. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Not a, well. No, the Flash movie, that's got to be done, right? 
Well, well, they had an emergency meeting after Ezra Miller got arrested and just completely halted production on it. Oh, it wasn't finished. No, no, it's oh. it, it, it was in production and Ezra Miller got arrested and they. <laughs> oh, the How is that movie awesome. still in production? They've been filming that movie for like four years now. I know, dude. And it's supposed to have both Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck as Batman in it. And we're. Might not ever fucking see. What the fuck are they doing over at the WB? Like, what? I'm glad they're shaking shit up. Like, what is going on over there? We got to tell you guys about B Res Coffee Company. That's right. B Res Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by gamers. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered. Like the out of this world chocolate and caramel flavored roast, or the two hearties one ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. You can even get your very own open micers roast of coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. I don't know. I really hope that they just do what I've wanted for a while and just make really good, like one off one shot, like DC movies about either lesser known characters or really known characters. They don't like trust they did with it. Joker. They don't trust it. Marvel did a movie of the Eternals, yeah. which is not, let's just say that's not the most popular character. You know, yeah. Yeah, Marvel DC- made guardians of the galaxy into a powerhouse. I just hope they don't fuck up Sandman. That's going to be coming up on Netflix. I oh, love Sandman. No, no, I, t- I take that back. I'm, I, that's not fair. I, 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 that's not the same team at DC, yeah. so it's at Netflix, so I, I'm more inclined to trust yeah. it. I, I, I they have, have Lobo. I mean, you've got one of the coolest characters of all time with Lobo, and they've done nothing with him. Nothing. Like, you can't make a Lobo movie. Who wants to see a Lobo movie? Me. They were, they were <laughs> working Lobo on a Lobo in a Superman movie. movie. Yeah, they put Lobo in uh, Krypton. Have you watched Krypton? No. I've not watched Krypton. Yeah, it wasn't that great. That was kind of a flop. Yeah, it wasn't good. I don't think anybody really cared about that. That was one of those, like, I watch all the superhero shows and I just didn't bother. Yeah, well, I'm such, like, I also watch all the superhero shows, so I I watched Krypton begrudgingly and just hated every minute of it. <laughs> just like I did with Cloak and Dagger. Did you ever, did you ever watch I watched Cloak, Cloak and Dagger? And Dagger. I watched yes, the first episode. I couldn't get past the first It wasn't episode. good. I, at the time, was also working as an entertainment writer, and my job was to watch Cloak and Dagger and write reviews about it. But I couldn't write honest reviews about Cloak and Dagger. I had to make it sound good. <sighs> and oh, I you, had... They, manda- they told you you had to make it sound good? Oh, that's it ridiculous. Was, what were you writing for? I, I legally can't say, but I'll tell oh, okay. you off air. Because I hate <laughs> this fucking website I used to write for. And they're like one of the biggest web entertainment websites out but there. But they made you write a good review. Yeah. That's so yeah, obnoxious. When I wrote for the AV Club, they didn't care. They, I used to get such crap when I would, I would review music. And I would review like sort of, I don't, I don't know indie rock. So I would right. review some band like, you know, my current camera or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> and they, they would, they, you know, P, the commenters would rip me a new one because I, I, didn't, I didn't have all the references. They're like, well, don't you understand that Pitchfork thinks this is nine out of 10? And I'm like, I don't care what Pitchfork thinks. I think it sucks. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they wouldn't let me do that. And for a show that was so bad every single episode, I had to quit the assignment. I, I, I told my editor, I was like, I cannot 
physically do this. Like I am stressing about trying to make this dog shit show sound good. Like I can't do it anymore. Yeah, it was bad. I I mean, I only saw the first episode and it was awful. I couldn't I, I had to watch two seasons and write about it. I'm sorry. Fifteen hundred. Oh, words. I didn't know you made it two seasons. Oh. That's hard. It's so hard, dude. It was the worst. <laughs> I think Cloak and Dagger is the worst comic book show I, that's ever been created to this day. I would. That is a that. very bold claim. I would but, have to really look at a list. But give me a counter option. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, it's worse than Inhumans. Was Inhumans worse than Cloak and Dagger? That is a tough call. Inhumans I, was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, but Cloak and Dagger... Cloak and Dagger was so bad because it lasted for so long. They did two seasons of Cloak and Dagger. And no, Inhumans was like six episodes. It, yeah. was, it was nothing. Right. It is it's this six episodes. I'm like, yeah, we don't want any more of this. Iron Fist. Iron Fist was pretty bad. It was bad, yeah, but, but I, I got through all of Iron Fist because I wanted to get through I didn't through get through season two. Stuff. I got through season one. I didn't get through season two. Uh, Iron Fist, there's at least uh, fight scenes that can be desired. Like, you can enjoy, you know, a few action scenes out of the shitty plot of Iron Fist. Cloak and Dagger had nothing. Like, it's like, funny because they're not... It, it's not the worst idea for a show. You know, yeah. like, two, you got two teenagers... Maybe they're homeless. I guess they didn't make them homeless in this, but you know, like the char- the original characters. I mean, I have their first appearance. It's in crappy condition, unfortunately, because otherwise it'd be worth money. But the, you know, there the, was it was actually kind of interesting. They get their powers from drugs. You know, yeah. they're they're interesting characters, but they just they didn't do a, they just didn't do a good job with it. If you're gonna do the teenage superhero story, then at least do like the original X Men, because they were teenagers. When that didn't they try to do that? Wasn't there a wasn't there a mutant show? There was like that, the New Mutants or something like that. Well, there was no. New Mutants movie, but there was there oh, was a show Generation on Fox. X. That's what it was. Generation X. Oh, the Is that gifted. what it was called? Are you talking about the gifted? The gifted. The gifted yeah, but it was based it. off Generation X because they Generation re- X was a big flop back in the day. Yeah. Generation X is funny. I I that's not. I went on a bit before we had all the superhero movies and all the superhero TV shows. I went on a mission to find all the, all the like discarded pilots, you know, that hadn't been aired, and they they were findable, but it was hard. And I that that one is kind of hilarious, you know. It's just it's yeah. just not good. And, but you know, like you totally see how this didn't get the series, but it's sort of it's amusing to see kind of what people thought a superhero show should be. Yeah. yeah, the gifted I actually really enjoyed. I thought that there was a lot of meat left on the bone when they canceled that. I don't, I don't remember. I, I watched a little bit of it and then I kind of lost track. Yeah, but I think also, you could make a pretty good series out of the X Men where you would have, you know, a younger uh, uh, Professor X going around gathering up all the young X Men and putting them together, and they, you know, they put them together as a team for the first time and. I don't know. I just think yeah. that there's a lot of stories well, to tell there. A, a really good teenage like superhero show that they did was The Runaways. The Runaways didn't get Runaways the was okay. That it, that wasn't yeah. my favorite show, but it was okay. You know, I, I actually, meant to watch that and never did. I really right. enjoyed the first two seasons. The third season didn't need to happen, but the first two seasons of Runaways was actually really fucking good. Like I enjoyed it a lot. Great comics. They're based yeah. on terrific comic books. I mean, you know, again, I'm. I'm a big source material guy. 
you know, yeah, where, too. I like the origin. I mean, I like the origin of a joke too. Like I, I was listening to um, the WTF podcast. We were talking about Gilbert's sort of mm-hmm. beginnings in comedy. And that was always, that, that was really interesting to me. But, you know, when you look at a comic, when you look at a superhero TV show, comic book TV show, you go back to the original source material. It can be good. Yeah, I think that's why I think that that's what makes the best uh, superhero TV shows in particular, because like the Punisher was pretty, you know, accurate in bringing the character to life. And it became one of the best shows because of it. So I, I think that's like the observation, maybe. That, that makes something successful and, and not. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I think the closer you stick to the source material, the, the happier you're going to make the, the people, you know, your core fan base. So, right. but I think the danger lies is when you tell the same origin story 80 times, like they've done in every single Batman movie over the last 30 years. You guys, do you guys do superhero stuff in your acts? I have jokes that never go over well. <laughs> Because it's just I'm so excited. I'm doing a show at Everyone Comics, which is a really cool comic store uh, in Queens. And I'm I'm like, I'm keeping a separate notes file on my phone of like the nerdy shit. Like I'm going to I'm going to do a joke about Joss Whedon's Justice League. And it's the only room that that's going to play in. Right. You know, like if if, if there's ever a chance, like I'm basically just sort of going, you know, taking off my hat, my head, pulling out all the nerdy crap and just laying it bare, you know. And yeah. if, if there's ever a chance to try, you know, that deep cut 1980s Spider-Man joke, you know, yeah. a clone saga <laughs> joke, you know, like that's This is my big opportunity. Like I did a Star Trek show and it was like a huge opportunity. Just pull out all those Star Trek jokes, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> and some of them were better than others. But it was but it was more about here's a willing audience. You know, people that really want to hear this shit. Yeah, you can't do that in a club. One of our local uh, friends and comedians, Craig Williams, who's been on the show a few times, he's got one of the best Batman bits I've ever oh, heard he does, in yeah. my life. See, Batman you can talk about because people know who Batman is. Right. Yeah, and, and I've, I've written a joke about the Joker, who everyone knows, and I've, I related it to everyday life, and I made it to the connection to where, like, on paper, this should be really funny. But it just never plays, like, because because we're in Mississippi. Like, <laughs> I, I'm looking around and I'm I'm telling a joke about the Joker to everyone wearing cowboy hats. Like, it's not gonna fuck. <laughs> yeah, you'd be better off in New York. <laughs> that yeah. would be better. That would go easier. New York, Boston. Right. Yeah. No, here we got to make jokes about I don't know poops and buttholes and you know. <laughs> Here's hey a, man, okay. some, people, some people do quite well with jokes like that. Here's a question yeah. for you, uh, Brett. If you could have a a one-off movie of any comic property out there what what would it be dead man played by john leguizamo oh that's not bad at all (laughs) fucking dead man dude not that i haven't not that i haven't considered the question (laughs) you came up with that pretty quick so that's that's my go-to yeah at some point I love Dad Man. I always love Dad Man. Boston Brand. He's the he's yes. fantastic, and I'm a huge John Leguizamo fan. I got to interview him once, which was incredibly awesome. cool. I when I was do, when I was doing journalism, I got to I interviewed him for like an hour, and he's just awesome. But he can he can do all the different people that Dead Man becomes. You okay. know, he can sort of yeah. morph into 
everybody and you know you don't have to get some other actor he could just sort of be other people and it would just be a gas now now so clear clearly there will i mean the i dc's never going to get around to a dead man movie that's just not a i guarantee you that's not in the pipeline (laughs) but they'll do that when they do a flaming carrot movie (laughs) there you go team up but justice league dark though I mean, that's the movie that I want to see. John Constantine, Dead Man, Swamp Thing, fucking all teaming up. That would be because John Constantine. That would be hot. No, that would be hot. I mean, that, I could I take that back. I could see that happening. Yeah, I really could. Because what's, what's happened with DC is they're only getting the big pop from their big, their big regular characters. You know, Wonder Woman, huge hit. Aquaman, not a good movie, but a huge hit. Yeah. You know? Like billion dollar movie at Batman, big hit, you know, so are they willing to try some of their lesser characters? I don't know if they are, you know, they don't have that guy. They don't have that overarching story the way Marvel does. Yeah. But but with Justice League Dark, you also get the horror element. Release that shit around Halloween. Oh, no, it's a good idea. It's a terrific (laughs) idea. John Constantine is a very marketable character. He's, uh, I don't know I if you watch the CW shows. He's that guy yes. isn't great. Yeah. I met him, Matt Ryan. Fucking oh, really? Love Matt Ryan. Yeah. He's such a sweetheart in real life. He is the nicest guy ever. Uh, I should try to get him on the podcast. I don't yeah, know why I haven't it. yet. Um, no, he's, he's, I mean, he's killing it in the, in the part. He's oh, terrific. Yeah. He's what great. A, what about an ongoing series? If you could have an ongoing series off of a comic property. Um, I wouldn't mind Daredevil coming back, but that's kind of a cop out answer because they already did it. Um, because yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge Daredevil guy. Um, yeah. an ongoing series. Um, let me think. Um, see if they if that was me, I would want them to do the Daredevil Spider Man crossover uh, team up because those were my favorite comics when I was a kid. The Daredevil and Spider Man comics. Oh, I didn't. Was that a series, Daredevil and Spider Man? No, that's what I'm saying. That would make a oh, great when they series for up. me. Yeah, if they did uh, Daredevil, um, oh, no, that would be awesome. Through Spider-Man, I don't know. I'd have to think. I'd have to give it some thought. I'm just trying. I'm sort of going through mentally, going through my. Because I tell you, mine. Have you ever read the Bone comics by Jeff Smith? No, no. Though my kids did. Oh, those are so good, and I cannot believe it has not been turned into an ongoing animated series at this point because it's just that as is big, surprising considering how popular yeah, it is. As it's as big as Lord of the Rings, and it's. It, it would just take over the world, and I don't understand why it's not by now. You know, that's a problem that we're running into now is there's actually, you know, there's, there's a lot of really good properties left that haven't been touched on, but at the same time, there are so many properties that have already been touched <laughs> on. Like, Hey, and if know, Michael it's... Keaton's coming back to do Batman, just make him put on about 20 or 30 pounds and just do a Dark Knight's Returns with, with Michael Keaton. Uh, and no, it, Batman Beyond. Well, yeah, that you do the good. Dark Knight Returns, but then you know, then you do the the Batman Beyond. Where he's he big enough really for for dark, dark Ben Affleck. <laughs> the best thing about that Batman versus Superman, which was not a good movie, was the shots of Ben Affleck looking like Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Those were yeah. really cool. Like yeah. that was fun to see, even though that the movie would, was no good. That would have been really great with any other actor. That it I thought he was. Better. He wasn't the problem. I mean, I didn't. I didn't care. I mean, it wasn't. I'm not dying to see him again. You know, but I also yeah. didn't mind him. You so know who would have made a great, a great Batman Bruce Wayne if they would have made the Dark Knight Returns like back in the '90s? Brian Dennehy. 
Like, imagine that dude, <laughs> like, old man yeah. Brian Dennehy dressed up as Batman beating the shit out of people. Take my I money. I saw him at an awards <laughs> luncheon uh, back when I used to be a theater publicist, and he was so drunk. I mean, it was, it was really quite something, like, to see just how drunk he was at noon. Wow. You know? oh, hell yeah, dude. That's Maybe a two, big man, too. That he, probably... was, he was definitely... He, he'd had a couple. That probably, probably took a lot of liquor to get that man drunk, because he was a big yeah, dude. He was a big dude. Yeah. He was probably a big drinker. <laughs> I think he was. I don't, I, I don't want to start a rumor. I don't know that for a fact, but he, he, he was definitely, he presented as drunk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the set of Tommy Boy was a fucking oh. party. Him and Chris Farley <laughs> together. <laughs> there, there wasn't enough alcohol. Or Coke. <laughs> or Coke. Or Diet Coke. Yeah. There is just not enough of any of it. I couldn't even answer the question of, of what series that I would want from a comic book. An, ongo I, uh, an ongoing is harder. I, a movie I can, I can give you, but yeah. um, an ongoing... I did just read an amazing comic called um, I Kill Giants that you should read. It's not superheroes. But it's really wonderful. Um, and they made a movie out of it that I refuse to watch. But maybe I may change my mind out of curiosity. But like the, the trailer spoils the comic, which annoys oh. the fuck out of me. Because when you Google it, you get the trailer. And if you watch the trailer, it spoils stuff in the comic book. Oh, that sucks. And it's like, that's fucking annoying. Like, you know, this comic is so good. It was like tears, like, you know, real man tears. It was yeah. so fucking good. Right. Yeah, this has nothing to do with anything, but while we're on the subject of comics, uh, while I was working as an entertainment journalist, I actually interviewed Kevin Van Hook, who, if you don't know who that is, he is the creator of Bloodshot. Oh, yeah, I know Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Yeah, I interviewed him. Uh, right a, this was actually before the property got sold to be a movie. I interviewed him about um, iRobot, mainly, because he worked on that movie. I interviewed him about iRobot and Bloodshot. And that was pretty cool. But I, that's I, the I, thing I miss most about, about doing journalism is I really enjoyed interviewing people. And I do it on my yeah. podcast, obviously, and that's fine. But like I interviewed the director of Coraline, oh, um, nice. Henry something, and that was just a blast. He was so interesting and such a, such a smart guy. Um, yeah. Really cool. Just really, you know, really fun. John Leguizamo, obviously. I interviewed the two women from Heart. Oh, nice. You know, that was awesome. They're so cool. Oh my yeah, God, that, they're so cool. That's definitely the best part. And the, the best part too is like sometimes you get kicked over people and sometimes you get like really cool, like people you're actually into that you can't wait to interview. Like I interviewed a few people like that. That was just super fucking cool. Yeah, I had a get. I, I, I kind of want to get back into it. Although the, the problem is, is the way everything is now, you know, a Done. click factory. Yeah. And so it's just... You know, like I just enjoyed interviewing people and it was fun, but, it, you know, every, everything is now like sort of, you know, rushing to, you know, to be you just to try to get Internet traffic. Right. Yeah. And, and you, a lot of interviewers, too, they ask a lot of the same questions and they either ask a lot of the same questions or they're afraid to take risks and ask something that you know, they might say, oh, that's a stupid question or whatever. Yeah, I ask good. I not to bat myself on the back, but I ask good questions. I I, would, yeah. I did a lot of research, and I I I tried to I tried to ask questions that I was interested in, 
you know, and then all, and then also like what might other people be interested in? And I, I put a lot of thought into it. It was fun. Right. Jason, were you going to say something? Oh, I was going to say, I, I need to look up which episode it was, but uh, we did an old episode of Pop Culture Palette, and uh, I had a, my co-host was uh, Steve Scott, comic book artist, and we had John Ostrander on one of the episodes. Oh, I love him. And, uh, oh, I creator dig, of Suicide Squad? Yeah, I need to dig yeah. that episode up. And those are good it. comics. Oh my God, those are great comics. Yes, the 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 Suicide Squad that came out was a really good movie. Oh, that movie I really so like those early those early Suicide Squad comics are they hold up so well. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a property that I'm glad that they're actually like they they made a shitty go at it at first and then they yeah. redid it and they're actually gonna give it a a better shot. I'm glad that they they've stuck to Suicide Squad. So I feel like I'm on my podcast. We're doing all the, we're doing all the comic books. Well, I just feel like when you have people that take on these properties, like you had James Gunn, who two of the, like <laughs> the Suicide Squad and not only Guardians of the Galaxy, arguably two of the hardest properties that you could yeah. bring to the screen. And he knocked it out of the park with both of those. You just need to give these properties to somebody who's just said, okay, they, yeah, we're going to accept that this shit's batshit crazy, and let's just go. Have you guys ever seen the movie Slither? Slither. No, I've so. always meant to. I heard it's good. Oh, Slither is so fucking good, guys. Please go watch Slither. <laughs> it, it's, oh my God. It was one of James Gunn's like first ever movies. Uh, Michael Rooker plays the villain. Uh, Nathan oh, Fillion and Elizabeth. Banks oh yeah, I did it. see this. I saw that. Yeah, Slither's so fucking good, dude. And I'm convinced <laughs> that the Easter egg that he talked about, that being hidden in Guardians of the Galaxy that no one's found, I'm convinced that the monster from Slither is in that movie somewhere. <laughs> but I can't find it. But I fucking love Slither. Go check out Slither. That's your homework, guys. <laughs> Deal. And this is this is the beauty of of Open Micro's podcast is we'll just. We'll talk about comic books for 30 minutes. Yeah. That's, that's okay with us. We do need to start wrapping up. Though, I don't Jason. get to talk about comic books enough, so this has been a pleasure. Come on my podcast. Yes, do it for an hour. Let us, you don't let have us know. to twist my arm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about yeah. comics all day long. I mean, I have a freaking Spider-Man poster signed by Stan Lee right over here. So Look at you. <laughs> when did you get that? Why, Dude, I don't, why do I not know about this? I've had that forever. I haven't been in your house enough. Yeah. To fucking have seen that. Yeah, well, I, I got stuff signed all over the place. I got a, a book signed by Bruce Campbell. The fuck? I I have the the Captain America and Captain America 2 Death Too Soon DVD <laughs> signed by, um, I forgot his name, Rex. The guy who played Captain America. What the hell Captain is that? <laughs> it was the, um, oh, Reb Brown. That's who it was. Uh, the Captain America um, TV movies that Christopher Lee was in. Oh, yeah. I loved those yeah. movies when I was a kid. Yeah, I have the double feature DVD signed by Reb Brown. That's who played so cool. Captain America in them. Nice. <laughs> those movies he, are terrible, but they're awesome. And I have the Flash series signed by John Wesley Shipp, too. Oh, oh that's cool. I love him. Yeah, that was a good series. But, um, yeah, we need to start wrapping up, boys. Um I know Brett that we can find you at www.brettsinger.com and at the Brett Singer on Instagram. Is there anything you have coming up or anywhere else that people need to follow you at? 
No, you can. I post all my shows on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and I'm, I need there's this calendar on my website, brettsinger.com, Brett with two T's. Uh, Comics Who Love Comic Books on all podcast platforms. We're out every Friday without fail, sometimes with a guest, sometimes it's just me. Uh, this week, it's going to be just me talking about the comics I've been reading and maybe some news. I didn't know about this discovery news. So I'm going to have to do a little deep dive into that. Maybe I can talk about it a little bit. And um, yeah, I got shows you know, here and there. So just check me out and see, come see a show. Well, I'm going to put the link in the show notes uh, to brettsinger.com. So just click that link and it'll take you, take you straight to his website. Awesome. Any, thank you. Um, Jacob, anything else before we get out of here this evening? Oh, only that this Saturday you need to come see me at Jack's by the Tracks in Pascagoula, Mississippi, if you're local to our area, because I'm going to be co-headlining with our good buddy Chris Weatherly. So come and see me do some comedy this Saturday. It's free. You know, what else are you going to fucking I'm not do on a going. Saturday? I'm not going to watch you over there because I'm going to be in Pensacola at Derek's wedding. So, you know, not going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to fight Derek Diamond in a celebrity <laughs> boxing match over that, dude. Go straight at it. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got going on. Um, follow comics, uh, comics who like comic books. I'm, I'm going to fucking check out that podcast. And we're, me and Jason are going to be on it. Yeah, we're be on that absolutely. Podcast. Yes, just hit me up. Absolutely. I, I'll, yeah, I'll email you about that after we wrap. And um, yeah, next week we have... Uh, uh, oh, our... Our candy episode is oh, next week, Jason. I forgot to tell you, I went and loaded up on the candy. There's only one thing I couldn't find. I got to go find the one last bit. Fuck yeah. We got candy tasting next week with Laura Faye Smith, uh, voice actress of Princess Rosalina. He's so actually going to get me to eat. Uh, what are those things called? The Peeps. Peeps. Blech. Peeps are <laughs> yummy. Oh, I love peeps. I do too. Uh, we got hot tamale peeps to try. <sighs> That's, That's crazy. Awful. It's going to be great. That's horrible. <laughs> At least the donut one sounds somewhat tasty. Well, it's coffee These flavored. so good. The donut ones are coffee flavored. God damn it. That fucking hot tamale one. That sounds tasty. Like shit. I like that. <laughs> that well, that's going to be a fun so... episode. So, uh, yeah, yeah, be sure to uh, check us out next week. And, Jason, what do you have going on? Buddy? I got the 23rd of this month. I'm going to be headlining Jack's by the Tracks in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Uh, show starts at eight, so go follow me, uh, or just go to Landmass Comedy on Facebook, and uh, all the shows are linked right there. Or and it's uh, landmassentertainment.com. That's right, isn't it? Landmassentertainment.com. Yes, yes, and uh, you can even find our shows there. All that good stuff. So all the links are over at landmassentertainment.com. And before we go, I'm going to play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com. Want to be on the show? Be like Mr. Brett Singer here. Leave us a message over on anchor.fm. You can follow the show over there and leave us messages. And follow us at openmicers on Twitter and Instagram. And we're going to go ahead and get out of here. And we will see you guys next week. Yeah, guys. Yeah,